Hello, everyone. Welcome to Preach the Word podcast. My name is Ashton McDonald, and I am your host. I have a very special episode today. I have a sermon that Pastor Shad McDonald shared at the Smoky Mountain Ministers Conference on January 25th of 2023. The scripture reading comes from the book of Psalms, chapter 107 and verse 21. Also, the book of Matthew, chapter 14 and verse 22. The sermon is titled, It's a Wonder I Didn't Go Under. The Smoky Mountain Ministers Conference takes place annually in the month of January and is located in Sevierville, Tennessee. This conference is geared toward those that have been called into church ministry and is a great means of help and hope to pastors, evangelists, preachers, and their families. If you would like more information, please check out the website at SmokyMountainMinistersConference.com. I would encourage anyone that serves in ministry to attend this conference, and I know that you would be revived and renewed in your calling and in your spirit. And I know that you'll be encouraged today as you listen to Pastor McDonald preach to us. It's a wonder I didn't go under. Thank you for listening. Psalm 107. Look there, please. and Find verse number 21. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful. Let me hear you say wonderful. Works to the children of men. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. They that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters, they see the works of the Lord and his wonders. Let me hear you say wonders in the deep. For he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind which lifteth up the ways thereof. They mount up to the heaven. They go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble and he bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm calm so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad because they be quiet. So he bringeth them unto their desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works. Let me hear you say wonderful works to the children of men. Oh, doesn't he work wonders? Yes, he does. 14th chapter of Matthew. Let's read on. Matthew's gospel in verse 22. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. 
And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. Straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshiped him, saying of a truth, thou art the Son of God. If the Lord would stand by me, I want to title this text, what I feel perhaps Peter might have said to those disciples as he and his Savior came into the ship. I'd like to preach today this message entitled, It's a Wonder I Didn't Go Under. Will you ask the Lord to help us in this place today? Father, I thank you for the reading of your word. I thank you, Lord, for your Holy Ghost that I recognize in this place right now. Give us clarity of thought. Give us a mighty altar, we pray. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Jesus felt that his disciples would be safer in the storm than they would on the shore. So he sent the multitudes away. This narrative is found in the 14th chapter of Matthew, the 6th chapter of Mark, and the 6th chapter of John. And from these narratives we glean this wonderful story of how that Christ is there for them when they need him most. Now you remember earlier before this, it was the disciples of John who took up John's body and they came and told Jesus, Jesus was there for them. And then when the multitude was there, he fed the multitude and again Jesus saved the day. And then now in this story, in the storm, storm tossed and here in the terror and fear of their lives Jesus come through again say aren't you glad he's always there when I need him most I read to you there in Psalm 107 because I wanted you to note that in our lives at times they are highs and lows in our lives at times we are up and then down. In our lives, we feel that we are like that ship that is upon the sea. And the sea is an angry beast that has arose to devour us. There's an interesting read by Walter Bruggeman. He is a Hebrew linguist and an Old Testament scholar. And he makes an ob observation in his book 
the spirituality of the Psalms. And he reckons there and speaks concerning the seasons of the soul. And he talks about the mind and the mood of the writers in Psalms. And he says if you'll watch the Psalms, you will see orientation, you will see disorientation, and then reorientation. And by orientation, he means arrangement and alignment, uh, such as the orientation of the planets, that which is predictable, that which is familiar, that which I am accustomed to. The psalmist at times has orientation. He says, God is, and he declares who God is. But life is not always so easy to understand. Sometimes into our world of familiarity and orientation, there comes disorientation. And by that, I mean our lives are displaced and we lose our bearing. And like the psalmist that at one time can say, God is, he now says, where is? Amen. His, his faith is now questioning, where is God? But Bruggeman, as he reviews the Psalms in the spirituality of the Psalms, he said, if you'll continue to read, when there is disorientation, there will ultimately be reorientation. And by that, that simply means that things will readjust and things will be restored. And the psalmist can again say, the Lord is my light and the Lord is my salvation. Amen. And so it is with this Psalm 107. They stagger like a drunk man and are at their wit's end but give it time just wait in the end God is going to make it alright he's going to turn it around he's going to readjust he is going to renew and turn it around again I remember when I was a boy on a trawler out in the Gulf of Mexico and I recall our captain as we come in from the southernmost tip of Louisiana, and we were bound for Bayou Cassatt, South Mississippi. And he set that autopilot on north, northwest. Somewhere during the night, we hit a storm. And I remember awakening to hearing the, the waves rush over the bulwarks. And that boat go way up and crash down, and the bow dip underneath. I remember as that boat went up and made a quarter turn back in the wrong direction because the wind had turned it. But I remember looking at that compass and watching it even though the wind was against it and the waves were pushing. The autopilot was pointed toward home and so given just a little bit of time the compass readjusted the wheel and turned us back in the right direction. May I say life sometimes has its disorientation life sometimes is confusion life sometimes 
is distracting but don't you worry give it time in time God is going to turn it around and he's going to take us back in the right direction somebody ought to give him praise in the house come now look to this scene with these sailors notice the venture of faith's endeavor he constrained them it was necessary it was compulsory the duty that they must fulfill they must do what he said and oftentimes when he puts us in the boat we're met with stormy seas Oftentimes, when he puts us in the ship, we're met with storm winds. See the severity of the storm that was alarming? The wind was contrary. The wind was against them. And you're here today quizzing in a quandary, in a quagmire of confusion. I did what he told me. And I'm in a storm. We need faith to stand in turbulent times. We as holiness people are counter culture. We are in opposition to and we are opposed to the mindset of this modern day society. Our thought processes are different. Our dress standards are different. What we stand for morally is different. Amen. And I know that there is a move among many to quieten down and damper and not be offensive and don't say anything that would rock the boat. But may I say I refuse to allow this woke philosophy to get in my pulpit. Amen. I purpose to be Christian. I purpose to be compassionate. I purpose to be long-suffering. And my heart bleeds for those that have family, that have turned to inordinate lifestyles. My heart bleeds for those that have children that are prodigal. But the fact of the matter is, the book is still the same and holiness is still right. Amen, and preaching may get me in a storm. Preaching may put me in the storm of my life, but it's still holiness or hell. And God's looking for the holiness preacher with the backbone of a sawlog that'll stand up in the face of the storm. Amen, and fight hell and stand for righteousness and stand for truth. Have I got a praying church that'll pray for the preacher today? The woke philosophy that is in the modern church says you can't say anything about sissy. I tell you what I told them at Landmark, we don't do queer here. And some of you mamas are to blame for it. Because you bought your boy a tea set. You should have got him a chainsaw. (laughs) 
God gave me one son and I taught him how to work. And he's got a daddy that works. I pastor a church, but that ain't all I do. I got me a Kubota Zero Turn and I got every piece of steel equipment they ever made. Amen, because I made up my mind I'd be a wholeness preacher and I wasn't gonna depend on nobody but God. So I preach and I mow grass and I preach holiness and I ain't gotta worry about whether anybody likes it or not. I say it don't matter if the storm blows. It don't matter what hell does. Holiness is still right And I'm going to do what God said I'm going to preach the word of God I'm going to preach holiness You ought to shout amen Severity of the storm was alarming And then the serenity of the Savior was assuring he saw them toiling and rowing. Everything is going to be okay because I went where he told me to go and he's praying for me. And then now, fearful and fearing that they would die, he sees them and he comes down the mountainside, down the mountain steep, across the shore and over the sand and to the sea. And he keeps on walking. <laughs> Come on here now. Walking on the water. Isn't it wonderful that no matter where I'm at, he can come right to where I am? 288, the writer is anonymous. You could have wrote it. You've sang it. We've all been there. I've seen the lightning flashing and I've heard the thunder roll. I felt sin's breakers dashing, trying to conquer my soul. I've heard the voice of the Savior telling me, still fight on. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. That's why he come to where I was. He told me he wasn't gonna leave me alone. No matter what anybody else says, no matter what happens, he's not going to leave you alone. A year ago, a year ago this past December, I was low. I was as low as I thought I could go. I didn't sleep none that night. And I got up early that next morning, went and talked to the Lord. And I told him what he already knew. Hell was shouting at me, you're going under. You're going under. This is what's going to swamp your boat. I went to the post office, opened an envelope, 
out fell a check for $2,500 and a little note that said, every time y'all come on Mixler, I'm listening. I work as a seamstress and I spend hours a day, hours a day with needle and thread and those earphones in my ear listening to you preach. My husband and I, we were praying the other day and God told me to send this to you. It was dated, of course, postmarked and sent before I had ever got the bad news that I had received that week. And when I walked out of that post office, I was crying more than I could hardly see. And the Lord told me, he said, I told you I was gonna take care of you and I come to tell somebody in the house, you ain't going under. I've been to that same post office box in the past two years and two other times. It was $5,000 checks in the mail because he told me, you ain't going under. And I come to tell somebody in the house today, it's a wonder I didn't go under. I said, it's a wonder I didn't go under. But he made a way. He provided. He's an all-time God. Yes, he is. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. The venture of fate's endeavor. The violence of fate's encounter. Jesus says to Peter, come. Now begins that walk of obedient trust. When Peter gets out of the boat, he's not stepping on water. He's stepping on word. One word. It's in red. Come. You can stand on his word. I'm doing what he told me to do. He said, come. Peter walks on water. How'd he do it? Jesus told him he could. You are safe as long as you are doing what he told you to do. He told me and he told you to preach holiness. Well, did he or not? And God made me a promise and I've kept him to it. And he's never let me down. He told me, he said, son, if you'll preach holiness, I'll meet your every need and I'll take care of you. And ever since then, I've been living from hand to mouth. From his hand to my mouth. And I want to say to some pastor here, you're not going under. You're going to be okay. You keep preaching right. You keep standing for truth. One step at a time, you're going to be all right. See here now his walk of obedient trust. And then those winds of overwhelming terror. The greatest enemy to our faith 
is the things that we see. He saw the wind boisterous. He was afraid. And that's where you're at because of what you see. I, uh, I heard Joe Ratliff tell about going to Kenya. And while in Kenya, he went on a safari. He said he and all these other vacationers boarded these jeeps. And there was a guide that was out front. And he would radio back to those other drivers in those jeeps. He would say, over here are some hippopotamus. Over here are some giraffe. Over here, come. And they would wind their way through. There was a call that said, here's some lions. And they went over to where those lions were. And they watched at a distance, two lions, a great big lion, majestic, huge mane, giant physique, and a lioness. And then suddenly, they noted a movement off in the distance, and it was a lone gazelle. And the guide said, they just picked lunch. They watched as that great king of the jungle left his place of hiding and made a large circuitous loop until he was far in the distance in front of that gazelle. And then suddenly with a ferocious roar that brought terror over all the terrain, he roared with a mighty roar. And that gazelle leapt up in horror and fright and spun around and ran straight into the waiting lioness. And she destroyed it. And Joe Ratliff said, I told you that to tell you this. When the devil, Satan, comes at you as a roaring lion, he said, don't run in fear. Because if you run in fear, you're turning straight into your destruction. He said, don't run. Face your roar. And may I say, for that pastor that's here today, and it seemed like hell has unleashed all of its fury against you, run to the roar and stand flat-footed and declare the truth of God and let hell know I'm not backing down. I'm not compromising. I'm going to stand for truth. Would somebody shout amen? Come quickly, please. Hear me now. At last, the victory of faith's experience. Peter is sinking, but Christ is nearby. See the petition of a sinking soul. The Lord is not going to let him down. He didn't let Peter down. He's not going to let you down. Lord, save me. He surrenders to sovereignty and he calls him Lord. The prayer of many is save me. 
You got it all wrong. It's got to be Lord, save me. But when I make him Lord, then he's my Savior. He's not going to let me down. I love this part where the Bible said, Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. This is the victory of faith's experience, the petition of a sinking soul, and the power of a strong Savior. I read this from the Coast Guard. Makes me wonder who this educated person was that cataloged this. The Coast Guard said how to stop sinking in the water. Number one, you will stop sinking when you hit the bottom. (laughs) Number two, you will stop sinking when you exert strength, but eventually you will become weary and sink anyway. Number three is the answer. You will stop sinking if you grab onto something stronger than you are. Hallelujah. Church, look around. Your testimony is as mine. Together we can say, when I look back over my life, it's a wonder I didn't go under. I, uh, I went to the hospital the other day. Here's the story. For almost three years now, Kathy has been housekeeper and personal caregiver to the Herring family. The Herring family owned eight McDonald restaurants on the Gulf Coast. Kathy's been Mrs. Herring's personal caregiver. Mr. Wayne passed, and Kathy was able to pray with Mr. Harry. These are wealthy, affluent people. And recently, Mrs. Herring received the news that she had two aneurysms, fatal. She's in desperate condition. And they said, without surgery, you'll die. And if you do have surgery, the prognosis is not good. She decided to go with the surgery. And Kathy said, Mrs. Herring, if you want Shad to come, he'll come pray with you. She said, I would like that. This lady's 82 years old, no church affiliation for her whole life long. I got to the hospital. I'm at Mobile Infirmary. I'm on the third floor. I step off the elevator. I'm looking for 3232. I'm lost somewhere. I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm looking for a room number, Brother John, but I'm thinking about what am I gonna say to this lady? How am I gonna make this happen? And while I'm praying, walking down the hospital quarter, I'm lost in the Holy Ghost. A man speaks and says, sir, can I help you? I about face, and there's a male nurse standing there. He said, what are you looking for? I said, 3232. He said, wrong hallway go down here and take a left he said I could tell you were looking for something as I passed the nurse's station I'm still praying and I hear the voice of a female black lady and she said oh yeah but he's walking with a 
authority. I felt the Holy Ghost run all over me. Amen. And the Lord said, that's what you're going to do, son, is walk in authority. Peter, amen, has come up out of the water and he's going back to the boat, but he can't go down again because he's walking with Jesus. He's walking with authority. And I want to tell you, when you walk with Jesus, you're walking with authority. Have I got a church that'll shout amen? When you walk with Jesus, you're walking with authority. Somebody ought to praise him in the house. Somebody ought to magnify his name. I uh, walked in that hospital room, took that 82-year-old lady by the hand, and I said, Mrs. Herring, Kathy sent me here on business today. I got to make sure things are right between you and God. I opened up a card that Landmark had sent her. And I took from it an anointed prayer cloth and I placed it in her hand. And this wealthy, affluent, dear old lady said, what in the world is that? So we had a Bible lesson. And I told that 82 year old lady what a prayer cloth was. When I got through telling her what it was, she placed it right there on her neck. And I said, now we're going to pray. And we're going to pray that you make peace with God. And everything's right between you and the Lord. And she stopped for a moment. And she said, I don't know how to do that. (laughs) I said, that's okay. I'm going to show you. For months now, Kathy had been praying. Lord, let Mrs. Herring feel something I prayed, Brother Denver, in room 3232, Mobile Infirmary. I prayed like I pray in my office. I prayed like I prayed at my altar at Landmark. I prayed till the Holy Ghost come down. (laughs) She wasn't going nowhere, no way. When I got done praying, that lady looked at me and she said repeatedly, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know, but I do know you touched something and I felt it. (laughs) I walked out of that hospital room in authority. I've been a different man ever since the Holy Ghost spoke to me that day. He said, from here on out, you walk in authority. I want to tell you, I got the devil under my feet. You don't have to live in torment. Will somebody lay hold of what I'm saying? The mind battles are over. Come on here now. In the name of Jesus, you ain't going under. When I look back over my life and I see what God has done for me, I can't help but say, it's a wonder. I didn't go under, but I didn't go under. And you today are not going under. Somebody ought to praise him in the house. Sing, sing.
renewed. You need new courage. I want you to come right now with your hands upraised and say, by God's grace, I'm not going under. I'm waiting on you right now. Men on this right side, women on this left side, by God's grace, I ain't going under.